1: It is Thursday, July 27th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well, and producer BBD helping us out on the ones and twos as he is assisting Plouffe up there in NYC. Speaking of, a quick tip of the cap to none other than Aaron Judge, who's expected to return to the Yankees lineup on Friday. Forget about those rehab games. I just need some sim games. I'll be ready to go. Have you seen the big man around the city?
0: I have not seen him walking around the city. Um, I imagine Judge and I would live completely different lives if we both lived in New York. I think he's hmm. on a different tier here. He's hanging with Drake, my former neighbor, going to Madison Square Garden, all that stuff. So, I yeah, him and I probably would never cross paths here. Not yet, yeah, probably. I'm working my way up there.
1: Oh, yeah, I like it. You're moving up the New York City uh, ladder rungs. There's no question about that. We will break down his return and much more coming up on Friday's show. But right out of the gate, let's get to it. Late on Wednesday night, we had the first monumental trade. This came just hours after Tom Perducci's report that the Angels were pulling Shohei off the market. So we expected them to be buyers, and that's exactly what they were. They pick up Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez, a starter and a reliever from the Chicago White Sox for their number two and three prospects overall. Um, Edgar Caro is a switch hitting catcher. He's only 20 years old. Minor league pitcher, the left-hander Kai Bush, is a former second-round pick of the Halos. Do you like the Angels going for it instead of breaking things up?
0: Well, I think there's a couple different ways to look at this. See, Rosie. Uh, I, I personally like the, the fact that they're going for it because otani is such a unique person here um uh, and the fact that he is a rental nobody knew what to offer I feel like for a guy like this like he, it's never been around so like gauging interest probably was an interesting task for the angels and Perry Manazian. um what I think happened was and this is all speculation okay because I'm not in there talking to Ard Moreno about any of this but you know, you don't want to be the guy that traded Shohei Ohtani. Now, there's a caveat to that. If Shohei has told you, hey, man, like I'm not going to come back here. You have no chance to resign me. I think it almost forces your hand to say, okay, then I have to trade you. To me, this means that Shohei's not has not told them that and will entertain offers from the Angels to come back in the offseason. And if that's the case, then this is a no-brainer to go for it. I mean, they they have been playing better balls of late. Um, they bring in Lucas and and Lopez, you know, to shore up some of the pitching there. I think it's great for you know the city of Anaheim and all the Angels fans that have stuck around for so long. It's a great place to go watch a, a ball game. The fans are always showing up there. Uh, this, I think, this is like a beautiful, almost like a beautiful gesture from Artie Moreno in the front office to the fans, almost because I think a lot of people assumed that he was gone and he wasn't going to be there. And if he stayed it wasn't for sure they were going to add. I mean, they added probably, you know, one of the best starting pitchers on the market. Plus you get a reliever. Plus, you know, Jamer Candelario, is I guess they're in talks to maybe move him there. Like if they're going to go for it, I think they're actually going to go for it, go for it. And to me, it's like, I love it. I love it for the fans. I talked about this yesterday on the show with with the, the Cubs in their front office and their ownership. Like sometimes you have to give a little bit to the fans. I think there's a little bit of that here and then a little bit of Artie Marino being like, dude, I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy to trade Shohei Otani, So it's it's worked out. I love it. Um, I think a lot of people who are hoping that Shohei would come to their team, they're the ones that are disappointed. But most of the baseball world, I feel like, is now rooting for the Angels. And I think it's good. I like it.
1: I just want to see Shohei in the playoffs. I want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. Um, You hear me say this at least once every few weeks, that outside of the Guardians, I root hardest for the Angels because of that. And I will continue to root for them. That does not mean that I agree with them. This is the biggest risk in the history of deadline deals. Far and away. Because what is it? The the great unknown is, what's going to make Shohei stay? Is it making a run for the playoffs like they're going to do? And lessen their farm system even more? I think Fangraphs has them now dead last out of the 30 teams in terms of prospects, future prospects. So what are you going to sell? that we've got all these great prospects coming up? Because that's not reality. Are you going to sell to him in the offseason? We're so good at bringing in veteran players like Anthony Rendon, who's barely been on the field. Like, is that what you're going to sell to Shohei? What is going to make him stay? Is it going to be the sixth-place team in the playoffs? Maybe. We don't know that. We are not privy to the discussions that Shohei and his team have had with Artie Moreno and the front office brass, if they've had any. And oh, by the way, Shohei's allowed to change his mind. What if he said, you know what? If we make the playoffs this year, regardless of if it's AOS champs or the last, the third wild card, I'm coming back. He's never. What if he that. gets Stop.
0: He'll never say that.
1: I know, but whatever you know, whatever it could be. What if he says, okay, I'll entertain the offer? I mean, that's all they're hoping for. Okay, but now you're running your organization on a hope.
0: I mean, Is, what were they that before? That sound like was... a
1: good way to run your business.
0: What, were, what was their farm system ranked before they gave away these two guys? In the bottom half. 29. And now they're last. So what's the
1: difference? What's the difference? The difference is negligible. I understand that. But what else do they have to deal with? This team, as constructed right now, might make the playoffs. But I know that Boston's playing better than them. And neither of those teams hold a wild card spot last year right that, now.
0: To me, I feel like that doesn't mean anything. I get the show. He wants to be in the playoffs. Obviously the angels want to be in the playoffs. Obviously. I don't think that he's thinking in his mind. Well, in the last year of my time here, if we make the playoffs, that's going to be decision maker. It's not, it's not. No. So I told you what's going to take to get this guy. Everyone's going to be flashing the dollars at him. $60 million a year is the starting point. It's not at this point is not going to be about who gives him the largest contract. It's not going to be that way. So if Artie Moreno and the Angels wanted to stick around, they're going to have to get creative. I told you, they are, I and again, I haven't had any conversations, but this is just me being a big brain baseball dude, a sports guy, okay? They have looked at the messy contract and said, I want that. I want something like that that's bigger than dollars. Because at that point, when you're talking, this guy's going to get half a billion dollars to $600 million as a starting point. It's not about the money anymore. It's about okay. Well, what what can we do? Is there some sort of team ownership? Is there some is there something like that that we can do? That's what it's going to take to get Shohei and I. And maybe Moreno and the Angels have wised up to that and said, you know what? Do we you can- hold on. You
1: really think that? You think that Artie Moreno? What has shown that Artie Moreno has been a top ten owner in this league? Is there anything?
0: What is that top ten owner in the league does has nothing to do with a with this discussion that we're having right now.
1: Bullshit. It has everything to do with what? it because who ma- who makes it? You're talking about, well, they're going to have to get creative. Yeah. Artie Moreno get, get creative with deals? No, that's not what he does. He I mean, has so any. Okay, an this Angels is a different thing. Today,
0: no, nobody's, no owner ha- has gotten this creative with you. You can say that about every single owner that's, that owns a baseball team. They've never done something like this. It's going to take something like that, I believe, for Shohei to go to your team. So they're okay, going to get and out of I the comfort zone. Somebody. I don't
1: have the faith in Artie Moreno if I'm an Angels fan today. Now, what I am happy about is that we can put to rest for the last two and a half months of this season that he's going anywhere. He is ours. We're going to try and make a run. And I don't care how tough the schedule is, which it is, by the way. I don't care if we still have some shortcomings in the bullpen, which you do, by the way. We're going to go make a run. Mike Trout's going to be back. Drury's going to be back. And we're going to give it our all. And I hope you make it. I hope you make it. And I hope that maybe that's enough to keep Shohei Ohtani around. All I'm telling you is if I'm running a business, I can't run it on a hope. I can't run it on a a hope. There are things, and people will say, well, Tom Verducci reported that they were just getting offered mid-level prospects. I'm calling bullshit on that. I'm I'm not saying Tom's a liar. I'm saying that what he was told was a heap of shit. I'm not buying that at all. The White Sox just got the number two and three ranked prospects, albeit in a terrible farm system, from the Angels for a starting pitcher, and a relief pitcher that if you combine are not Shohei Ohtani. So I'm not buying that at all. Not buying it.
0: I'm not either. I I guarantee there are teams out there willing to give up a few of their top 10 prospects at least Mm -hmm. to get Shohei. I just think this is such a unique situation. And say what you want about Artie Moreno and and the things he's done in the past because there's plenty you can talk about, no doubt about it. But this is a different situation that's been presented And I I really think that and and, and fan bases, listen up. You can tell your owners this if you want. I really think it's going to take something unique like we saw with the Messi contract to get this guy to come to your team. Bottom line.
1: That's fine. But once and for all, we don't need to talk about the future as much as today. The decision to keep him today. Awesome. I love it. How do you not love it? You're crazy, man, because I don't think it's best for the franchise in the future. There isn't
0: there isn't a prospect in the game that you can give me be like oh this makes sense I'll give you the uh, a player that we've never seen in the sport of baseball before mm-hmm. that makes it worthwhile no chance dude it doesn't it doesn't
1: it is the best you talk about rolling the dice that
0: have- that's rolling the dice hey listen
1: bro. dude you're right it is it it's a gamble either way there's no question and the easier path is to keep him to keep your fan base engaged to say hey listen we did everything we could to sh- surround shohei why the hell did they wait until year 5 month 10 of his tenure out oh, in anaheim to really not, start putting the screws on
0: that's not fair to them they've made decisions they thought would help their team out and they just it didn't happen It's not like they've been going, you know, being lackadaisical about people they bring in surrounding show. They thought they were making the right moves. They just didn't make the right moves or that they didn't really, they signed
1: Matt Harvey to a one-year deal. They signed Trevor Cahill to a one-year deal. They signed Noah Syndergaard to a one-year deal. That's what's really going to put you over the top guys.
0: Other teams do this. We're like, oh, hey, they're going to fix them. This is great. You know, like, so it's just, we talk about the angels in a different light because they haven't had success, but like, look. You you can't always do that with them. I think this is this is a. I think this is the smartest decision that they've made.
1: Okay, once again, I'm rooting for them. I <laughs> hope it works. I don't want to be. It's not important for me to be the guy that says, "See, I was right." I d- I would rather be wrong here for the Angels. I hope they make the playoffs, and I hope that that helps with keeping Shohei. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? No, I don't. But
0: Stockus, Eddie Escobar, glue guys, come on,
1: good. And Lucas is a great glue guy. There's yeah. few starting pitchers that are more into a game than Lucas Giolito. Watch him on the rails. I think it's exciting. All right. We're going to get have to get through some of these other ones quickly. Uh, <laughs> LA's other team did add an opening day shortstop from a major league roster for the second straight day, right? They traded for Kike Hernandez, who was Boston's opening day shortstop. I think he was at least. Might have been in center that first day, but primarily their shortstop for first few months. And then yesterday, they pick up Ahmed Rosario from Cleveland for Noah Syndergaard and some cash. Is this a better move by the Dodgers or the Guardians?
0: Oh, sheesh. I'm listening to you explain before the show, you kind of explained the Guardians side of it. I I, I don't know. I think it's probably a better move for the Dodgers because they're just trying to figure out someone to play shortstop. Right now, it's Miggy, it's Kike, and it's... And it's uh, Rosario who they brought over. I think they're also looking to fortify the bench a little bit. Uh, I think they're trying to get Mookie back in the outfield on like lefty days, so they cannot have Outman out there. You know who you know they don't want him hitting against lefties. So I think there's something about that, and I think Rosario has hit well against lefties, and and same mm-hmm. with Kike, Kike historically. So I think really for them it's about roster construction and about uh, bench depth, and who knows if. Everybody that they brought over is even gonna be like on the postseason roster. I think they're gonna feel some things out. Um, and on the Guardian side, you know, you're gonna probably explain it a little bit better than I could. Uh, but they're trying to open up a spot for some of these guys at the higher levels uh who can play short. So there's a little bit of log jam there. So I think both teams, it was just a a roster flexibility decision, not something that's either gonna lead a team to the playoffs or take them out of the playoff contention.
1: From the Dodgers standpoint here, yes, Ahmed Rosario has an 822 OPS against lefties, and he's always done very well. I can tell you this, having watched every Guardians game this year, he's an unmitigated disaster at (laughs) shortstop. They've traded for the two worst defensive shortstops in consecutive days. What you have is one of the most dependable gloves. I get it. Miguel Rojas isn't going to mistake anybody for these wonderful hitting shortstops around baseball. He is not Corey Seager. He is not even Dansby Swanson, who's had a nice, solid year at the plate. We know what he is. But you know what he does? Catch the fucking baseball. Go ask a pitcher if they would rather have a guy that hits 220 with no homers behind him or a guy who might have an 822 OPS, but you wouldn't trust to hold the baby at shortstop because he's going to bobble it. That is a... That's a tough sell come playoff time. I want a guy who's going to catch the ball because you know what? I pay Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, J.D. Martinez, Max Muncie, Will Smith to go hit that fucking ball over the fence. I don't pay Miguel Rojas to do it. I pay him to go catch the ball. Ahmed Rosario plays super hard. He runs the bases harder than anybody I've ever watched, and I appreciated his time in Cleveland. But I'm telling you, when it comes down to it, he's going to be, a, what, a five-inning guy? get him two, maybe three at bats in Dodgers lineup in the playoffs. And then you put Miguel Rojas in there. Like, does, does that make sense?
0: It could, it could. I, I believe Mickey's going to get the majority of the starts going forward. I, I do. I think this is again, like I said, you know, a bench depth kind of acquisition and yeah, you, you can spell a few guys here and there against a lefty and put him out there. And the thing about, I mean, you said you've watched him play and he, he's been so bad out there. The numbers do support that. Sometimes, and you'll hear this quite often from front offices, like that's the public defensive numbers, and they have their own internal defensive numbers. That's why we question these numbers all the time. Those are bad too. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I I trust your I trust your input here. Uh, like I guess I I believe you're totally right about Mickey catching the ball. Like he's going to play the majority of the games at shortstop, and then it's a it's a bench acquisition piece. This is not something that we need to get worked up over. I don't
1: think. No. And by the way, the Dodgers had. Gave away Noah Syndergaard. They covered the difference in money. Yes. He was never going to throw a pitch for the Dodgers again. He was never going to. So it's smart. Very quickly from the Guardian standpoint, you talked about they had, a, a, they still have a serious logjam at shortstop. Uh, Gabriel Arias is going to get that shot. Uh, Brian Rocchio, who's been very good. I think he's got like a 16-game hitting streak in the minor leagues. Might get another shot at the big leagues here. Tyler Freeman's a kid. If they want to, they could move Jimenez back to shortstop and let Tyler Freeman play second base. So we'll see what all these possibilities mean for the Cleveland Guardians. And Syndergaard, if he can give the Guardians any innings whatsoever, I don't know if he can. I'm really worried about that. It's imperative because 60% of their starting rotation are rookies, are guys who did not break camp with the team. They're going to hit those rookie innings limits that everybody imposes on kids these days. They're going to hit it at some point in September. And so they're going to need some bullets out of there, particularly with injuries to Bieber and McKenzie and Cal Quantrill.
0: This is for another day, but I don't understand the innings limits. Why don't we just start the guys in June then so we can have them for the most important part of the year, which is playoff run? If we're going right. to do this, why are we starting them in April and ending their season in August? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry.
1: Well, no, it's, it's a good thought. And just real quickly, you have to build them up at some point, right? Sure. So, what do you, when do you start that? Late April? April. I mean, sure. innings are innings, whether they're in the minor leagues or the major leagues.
0: Their, their spring training starts in April. I don't know. It's it's okay. just stupid to me, and and, it's, and it sucks for the players on these teams. The Marlins are going through it now. They have to send Yuri Perez down. It sucks for the guys on the team. We're working our ass off trying to make a playoff run, and all of a sudden, you take our starters away from us.
1: Yeah. It's we're, a great hey, point. We're hot today, bro. We are hot. I'm telling you, Whoa. man. There's a lot of, a lot of fiery stuff. Yeah. OK, the Valley Sports Regional Networks, the nation's leading television and streaming provider of local sports, and they make up 18 RSNs. So it's the way that Brewers fans watch their brew crew. It's how the Tigers fans watch that team up there in Detroit. Marlins fans watch their team in Miami. You, you're kind of following my gist. And of course, with the new pitch clock rules, the game has been changed for the better. Right. We love the tempo. There's less downtime. There's more action, the faster pace. But there's just one problem in the pitch clock era. There's no time to drink those big old tall boys at the game anymore or when you're at home. Shorter games call for shorter beers. And with these shorter games, Bally Sports is having a short boy summer. That's right. Bally Sports has created these things short boys, 8.4 ounce cans of delicious baseball beer. They're crisp, they're refreshing. Look at these little things. They're adorable as well. Can stubby, but substantial. And only available in select markets. So shorter games, once again, means shorter beers. It's time for the short boys summer. Watch shorter games on Bally Sports and streaming on the Bally's Sports app. Cheers to you. We continue on with John Paul Morosi saying that the Marlins are very interested in Cody Bellinger. Now, you and I both think now, because the Cubs have been on this hot streak. I think they won eight of nine or something like that. That they ain't going anywhere, that that he's staying put and perhaps Stroman is staying put. But bigger picture here. Has Bellinger worked his way back into being a $150 million ball player this offseason?
0: Yeesh. Um my initial thought on this was yes. Uh he made $17 million in arbitration. So like we're we're looking at a guy that is that type of player, right? Um, and this year he's certainly proved that he has a 905 OPS right now with a 141 OPS plus. To me, it's like he's 28 years old for him to get up to the 150 range. We're talking he needs to be at like a seven year deal. I don't know if he gets a seven year deal, and I don't even know if he wants a seven year deal. I'm not really sure where his head's at. So, I think in AAV terms, yes, I think he's. That type of player. Now the years matter when you're talking about getting to 150, but I'll say as an AAV guy, Bellinger on the open market right now is is looking somewhere between 18 to 22 million dollars a year. Uh and and because of his age, he, he will get around the five-year mark. So I think he's gonna be right around there. Seriously, I don't know if he gets to 150 per se, but he he'll be in that. AAV type situation he's he's had an incredible year and I do we talked about yesterday I I really do hope the Cubs keep him and they decide to go for it instead of trading him and Stroman away I think it would be beneficial to their fan base and and just to the club overall in years to come sometimes you got to give it to the fans man I'm telling you this is this is great if they do this and the Angels do it I think it's like a precedent set almost like hey man like Screw trading everybody away and planning for the future. Sometimes you got to go for it now. I love it. And so to answer your question, um, I think he gets a little bit under that, but the AAV will be there.
1: Um, So his OPS is over 900. He hit another bomb last night. He was a one daughter, his MVP season in 2019. That Then it fell under 800. Then it was around 540. The next year it improved 100 points, but still right around 650. And he looks lost. He looks much closer now to the MVP, Cody Bellinger. I'm happy for him. Now, he's going to be 28 at the time of his free agency. He just turned 28 at the beginning of this month. So I think what he's got in his favor is that he certainly looks the part. Mm -hmm. And his positional versatility is off the charts. Mm -hmm. He is great in center field. He is phenomenal at first base. And the reason that's important is you can keep him on the field. Some guys might have to move from center to right to DH during an eight-year deal. That's not his trajectory, in my opinion. He might have to go from center to right to full-time first baseman. But as long as I can keep that DH spot open, that's a big deal for me. It allows me to sign other veterans that might have to take over that spot. So I think he can get a Brandon Nimmo eight for 162, and people wouldn't blink at it.
0: And People have to remember, dude, like... 2020, we kind of threw out the window, whether you were good or bad. We're like, you know what? Who, those stats are strange because of the situation that happened. Okay? Uh, and then, during that year, he hurts his shoulder. I know he's come back and said, oh yeah, and before 2022, my shoulder was healthy, but that's not always the case, dude. So, I think there was a little bit of that where he was still trying to get back and feeling like himself. Um, he definitely has, like, all the tools to to be a premium, premium type player. So, I'm rooting for the guy.
1: I am too. It'll be risky though. I mean, you, whatever GM yeah. signs him to that deal, there, there's definitely risk that he goes back to looking what he did those last couple seasons with the Dodgers, which was not pretty, but maybe he's found something here. Um, Boston Red Sox, sweep of Atlanta, best record in July. Is baseball, is Boston a serious World Series contender now?
0: Wow. Oh man. I mean yeah, yeah, I think they are. You know, it's there's a few teams that you say yes, like they're for sure in contention for the World Series without even thinking about it. We know who those teams are. Boston because of kind of the way they started and we don't know like their their starting pitchers aren't really household names yet. Uh so we don't really put them in that category, but they've They've been playing really, really good ball over the last two months, like almost some of the best ball in all of baseball. If you look at their lineup, their lineup is there. They're, they're a top five offense in baseball, right? Check. Uh, their relievers, their bullpen, really, really good. So that means something in the playoffs. We know if you get a hot bullpen in the playoffs and you'll be able to shorten games, that's the, that's a way to the World Series and winning a World Series. So check. Now, the thing that we have to talk about with them is their starting pitching. So I think they're getting some guys back. I mean, they're getting Trevor Story back, which is going to hopefully help their offense as well. It should, obviously. Uh, you know, Sales coming back, Whitlock and Hauk. Like, what are those guys going to look like? If uh, if one of those three guys, who I just mentioned, is looks really good, then we have like four guys that you can rely on. Bayo has been great. Cutter Crawford's been a good back of the, back of the rotation type guy, like a three or a four type guy, James Paxton has looked really good. So like the pitching depth isn't as bad as maybe everyone thinks it is. If they get those starters back and they look the part at all, then we're talking about a team that's like kind of complete. I was sure would like to bring in a few more pitchers with the trade deadline, but if they, even if they don't do that, they just get the guys healthy again and, we've seen Red Sox teams get hot. So I, I'm not going to put them on like a top tier with like the Braves or anything like that, but you put this, this team in the playoffs and and the right guys get hot at the right time. Sure. 100% there will. You don't,
1: you don't have to put them up there with the Braves because they're not in the same league as them. Sure. I look at the landscape of the American league and we've asked this question before on baseball today. Like who's, who's the team huh. to beat? I don't know who that is. I have no idea. Is it Baltimore now? can Tampa rediscover its magic? Is Houston with everybody getting healthy and their pedigree the team to do it? Can Texas add more to their bullpen to go along with that offense and, start, and starting pitching that's been solid? Or is it somebody else? Like I, there's so many questions about every other team that Boston has just continued to play good solid baseball and I've done a huge 180 on them. I didn't understand I thought their offseason was really interesting, but I didn't quite understand it. And they've won me over, they really have. And by the way, Rafael Devers is back to playing like an MVP. It's been a little bit under the radar these last couple of weeks. He is his first half was substandard for him. He's been really good.
0: They've had a lot of things go right, Chris. You know, to you know, to your defense, you know, preseason. Okay, you're talking about leaning on Tristan Casas, who's 23 years old. Well, he's done great, 8.36 OPS. Mm-hmm. Jaron Duran comes up, uh, 8.65 OPS, right? Uh, a lot of people are questioning the Yoshida move. He's been great, so it's like a lot of things had to go right, and they have gone right. Offensively, like mm-hmm. this team has been awesome, and so now it kind of looks foolish to question some of those guys at the beginning of the year. But if you turn back the clock, I think it's was warranted at the time. But they're they've they've been proving a lot of people wrong, which is exactly exactly what a Boston Red Sox franchise likes to do.
1: Now I don't think that that Heim Bloom can stand still. I think he's got to do something before next yeah. week's deadline. And I'll be excited to see if there is anything because they do have some guys in the minor leagues that other teams will covet. It'll just be interesting to see if they pull the trigger on some of that stuff. That'll be fascinating. You know what else is fascinating? A big-time, undisputed welterweight world championship that's coming your way in just two days. Saturday, July 29th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Errol Spence Jr. taking on Terrence Crawford live on PPV.com, which is the only streaming platform where boxing fans can participate in a live interactive fan chat hosted by boxing experts. And for Spence Crawford, the chat host will be none other than our very own old man Dan Canobio. He'll be joined by his buddy Chris Algerian, legendary boxing writer Lance Pugmire. If you've ever joined us on a Blitzball chat or anything else it is a great way to get your point across to have fun with your community and talk shit and challenge the hosts and the analysts it is a great time ppv.com the most convenient most reliable most engaging way to stream pay-per-view events and there are no subscriptions required ever which is awesome you can download the ppv.com app to all your favorite devices which means you can watch it on your computer your phone and of course stream it on your big screen tv so order spence crawford on ppv.com right now Believe me, it is the best way to watch this fight. You will not want to miss it. Before we get out of here, uh, Rangers lead the AL West back up to two after taking the series finale down in Houston. It was a crazy game. Jordan Alvarez, his first game back, he got hit by Andrew Heaney. Did the Astros then retaliate by plugging uh, Marcus Simeon right uh, right in the back? It certainly looked that way. That's the way Simeon felt. He then hit a homer later in the game and uh, said something to Martin Maldonado. He was then on base during an Adelise Garcia Grand Slam and walked past him and said something else. And then benches emptied. Simeon and Maldonado were tossed. Here's Marcus Simeon on what went down.
0: You know, I ended up scoring on the home run. I told Martin, we're going to win this game. And we proceeded to score 11 runs after that. I said, I told you. And I ended up out of the game. 14 have anything to say to you because he has a lot to say to a lot of guys well he i told him when they hit the home run i said we're gonna win this game um
1: he said no it's just like when you were in oakland how <laughs> that's that kind of a funny line. i gotta be honest with you a little bit made me chuckle would you have liked to have seen the umpires just let this thing go instead of throwing those two guys out no, I
0: mean, I don't know. I don't know if Marcus or anyone needed to get thrown out of it. It's just a little tussle there. And, you know, if we're going back to it, I don't think Heaney hit Jordan on purpose. Sure didn't seem that way. I mean, that'd be something. If the Rangers were like, you know what? First game back, let's just let them know what's up. I mean, that's a possibility. I think it's a low possibility. But then clearly Framber hit Simeon on purpose. I wish I wish Framber would have just stood there instead of acting. I know he wants to stay in the game. But with no warnings issued, and I guess, well, Perdomo just got thrown out of the game the other day. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was watching that. He You know, he acts like he didn't hit him on purpose. Clearly, that was on purpose. And Simeon knew it, and that's why he was not happy about it. And I don't know. I, I The whole thing, is just, it's just ball. Like, you know, I, there, I had nothing yeah. wrong with any of it. It's just it happens, especially I, those two teams who are fighting on top of the division. You know, dude, it's July twenty seventh. I know they're inside, but it's hot outside. Things get a little crazy in Texas when it gets hot in the summer.
1: A lot to say there. Um, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen him stay in the game to see what would have happened later. I don't know. A couple of veterans. They've been going at it a long time. By the way, Marcus Simmons like one of the sweetest people ever.
0: Dude, To see him worked up like that was, I think it hurt when he got hit. (laughs) That's why that'll get you
1: fired up. Whereas if I'm having a fight in major league baseball and you have to draft players, Martin Maldonado is an easy lottery pick. Really? Why? Oh God. Have you, you ever heard about his hands?
0: What about his hands?
1: I mean, he's got boxer hands.
0: What does that even mean? Seros
1: hands of stone. Come on. Why? How
0: do you know that? Has he punched you before?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I am 0-3 in fights. <laughs> I am not getting drafted in the lottery for fights. 0-3 <laughs> all time. It's not pretty. Okay, so now we're
0: talking Third Simeon versus Maldonado fight odds. It's an interesting, interesting fight. You know, Maldonado's got the weight, but Simeon's quick and he's strong too. Got a lot of money. It'd
1: be fun. We are back at it again. On Friday, right? You're, you're not going anywhere. You're going to be going anywhere.
0: Right? I'll be right here.
1: All right. Probably noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We'll keep you posted on our social media channels. Yeah. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, who is actually two-of-a-kind because BBD was helping out in the studio. Thanks, BBD. And the ever, always talented Trevor Plu. I am Chris Rose. We'll see you Friday on Baseball Today.